is that research shows that babies who sleep on their tummies sleep longer and don't react to the noise in the environment. The problem is, as we all know now, because I keep talking about this, is that putting your baby to sleep on their stomach or their side is pretty dangerous because of the whole sudden infant death syndrome research. We know that, that there's a strong correlation or it puts them in a different risk group. But what Dr. Karp strongly recommends Hello, and welcome to Talking Toddlers, where I share more than just tips and tricks on how to reduce tantrums or build your toddler's vocabulary. We're going to cover all of that, but here, our goal is to develop clarity, because in this modern world, it's truly overwhelming. This podcast is about empowering moms to know the difference between fact and fiction, to never give up, to tap into everyday activities so your child stays on track. He's not falling behind, he's thriving through your guidance. We know that true learning starts at home. So let's get started. Welcome back to Talking Toddlers. This episode, we will continue the discussion on fussy babies, pacifiers, and when we can wean them off those pacifiers with great success. Last episode, if you haven't heard it, please go back and take a listen because I cover a lot of background information. Pacifier is just one element to the first six to 12 months. I cover what is responsive settling, also known as co-regulators, mamas and our babies. We co-regulate, we teach them through our everyday experience with them. I also discuss what are possible side effects with extensive use or overuse of the pacifier. And then how can we make a plan? a strategic plan that we can introduce the pacifier knowing that there's an exit route. I talk also about how to read your baby's tired signs, much of which you've heard before in the past, but it's important to understand that we get in sync with our babies and that we learn how to pick up on what are they communicating through their nonverbal language and their verbal language, right? Their cries and their fussiness, they look different in different times of the day. But I cover a lot of other background information that's really, really important to listen to and put in your broad horizon of what do we do with these one, two, and three-year-olds and how can we help build their self-regulation, not just with a pacifier and not just with holding them, but what is it telling us where they are on this developmental journey? So part two, let us start here. These strategies can be used at any age. And I'm, you know, primarily focusing on the zero to three. But if you have an older child, you can put this into your plan of action as well. And just think of them as good baby practice. So there, I'm going to cover five tips to help settle your baby, of which there is a piece to using a pacifier. But I want you to understand that I think over the years that the pacifier's overuse has just 
become kind of second nature to all of us. But there are side effects, there are complications to it. And perhaps we're interfering with a baby's natural growth and development of learning how to self self soothe, right? So these five tips will cover the first one is baby wearing. And I think that that's actually become more and more popular over the last 10, 15 years or so. It's been used hundreds of years. You can go back into other cultures where baby wear can be up until a child is two or three, depending on the culture, depending on what's the norm there, right? What science, what research has showed us is that baby wearing can really help with postpartum, not necessarily postpartum depression that can be part of the puzzle. But what I'm referring to is more getting our, as the new mama, our strength back. And baby wearing is sort of like a mini workout. And so it's helping us on different levels. The simple act of wearing our baby on our body with a little extra weight can really build our recovery plan, build our core, rebuild our pelvic floor, all of those kinds of things. At the same time, your baby is also benefiting staying close to home, right? He just left, or she just left your womb and listening to your heart, smelling you, hearing your breath, your vibration in your chest, all of that can really help them transition into this big wild world of ours, right? And a lot of people in in some of these research articles regard it to kind of a squat workout, but you're just sitting on your couch or walking in your kitchen or doing laundry or slowly getting your strength back in your home with your baby. You can do it gently and you don't have to go to the gym. But that's a big perk. That's a a great strategy. The second one is that baby wearing helps to reduce any kind of flat head issues, right? The whole back to sleep issue in the 1994 where we have to put our babies on their backs and there's a lot of flat head going on. And so that can help compensate or balance out by wearing them or baby wearing with you close to your body. The third thing about baby wearing is that it strengthens on the baby the same core muscles that you and I are striving for for tummy time. Remember the back to sleep issue where we have to then do structured, strategic tummy time. But because the baby is being exposed to that upright position, well supported with your baby wearer, it helps strengthen that posture for them. And then tummy time is more enjoyable. So there's a lot of good research with occupational therapists indicating that. The fourth perk to baby wearing is that it, as I kind of alluded earlier, it increases the emotional regulation because they're so secure that it helps you and them begin that stage of co-regulators. Our babies are born underdeveloped. They're looking to us to build that intrinsic regulator. And so they need us to build that with them. 
That's what that co-regulation actually means. Okay, so now number two of these five strategies to help alleviate your fussy baby is the skin-to-skin contact. And I think most of us know this. I know it's part of that early love that you have for your child. And they're so comfortable. And it doesn't have to be just with you. It could be with your partner or grandma, if the baby is really, really fussy, but skin to skin really on a more primal level helps with that co-regulation. Is very similar to baby wearing. I guess you could wear the baby and it could be skin to skin. That would take it to another level. But the, the newborns and the fussy babies really respond to the skin to skin, especially if you've tried some other strategies and it's just not working and your baby isn't calming down and they've crossed that threshold. The skin to skin is pretty dynamic and Many of you, again, have tried this, I'm sure, but um, even with a slightly older baby, don't be afraid to just bring it back to that mother nature, that human nature, right? Some research with the skin to skin does suggest, again, if you want another layer of quality and depth, is that you could take your baby in the bath with you and do skin to skin. The warm air, the warm water, you have to make sure that you're very careful. The big caveat here is that don't ever do that alone. Make sure that your partner's there or your friend or mother or sister or somebody because that can be very dangerous. Safety first. But if a child is really having a bad time and can't pull it together, then skin to skin in a warm bath can really help both of you but have some supervision, someone to help you get in and out of the the bath and hand you the baby and all of that. Okay, so the third technique is motion. So you can baby wear, you can do skin to skin, and number three would be motion. Again, I think all of these are common pieces of knowledge, but to be able to put them all together. I just want moms and grandparents and dads to remind you that there are different forms of motion. Every baby will respond differently. So some babies just like baby wearing and that whole kind of walking about your house or sitting down, standing up, all of that is enough for them to self-regulate. Bouncing on the corner of the bed. This was a big one that my daughter liked. I didn't do a lot of baby wearing 23 years ago wasn't necessarily a big part of our culture at that time. Think that it's come back in in vogue. And I think it's brilliant. Some children like the infamous car ride. My daughter hated car rides. I know it's hard to believe. It's true. For the first whole year, I think it was not a, a pleasant experience. But I often caution with parents, be careful of that one because you know, it can get into a routine. And maybe if you tried other things, it's in the evening, you're alone, your partner's out of town or something, and you just need your child to settle down, then the car ride could be a choice for you. The main point in all of this is that gentle motion 
has been shown in a lot of research to activate the same part of the brain that responds to the sensation of being rocked in the womb. And it makes sense, again, if you have one, two, or three-month-old. But in that second chunk from three, four, five, six months, that a lot of babies will stop crying just simply when you stand up, if you're holding them. And there's something about that gravitational pull, that being secluded in the sitting posture with you, or even bouncing, it's just not enough, but there's something about the whole gravitation and just simply to stand up helps. And again, that was our big one with our daughter that I remember being fatigued in the middle of the night and I had to stand up, but that's when you tap your partner and say, come help. But research does demonstrate that there's this component to all mammals with the mother and infant interactions, and that just picking the infant up and carrying them really reduces the physiological responses to being overstimulated and helps calm and soothe the baby. So it's not just the humans that other mammals have been shown to do this as well. So in a nutshell, don't give up listen to your instincts. Most of all, breathe, right? Regulate your breathing because your baby's going to follow that. Take your lead. Bring your heart rate down. Breathe in five counts. Exhale six, eight, ten counts to help get the, the groove, the mood, right? Okay. Number four of these strategies to help a fussy baby is to switch environments. And I've, again, talked a lot about this with slightly older kids, right? But to go outside. And it's really, really important because we forget in those first several months, especially, we kind of hunker down in the house and feel claustrophobic. And they feel that too. So all of these strategies can start to be weaved into your whole sleep bedtime routine, right? To go outside in the late afternoon, even if it's just for a few minutes. What research shows is that it startles their level of awareness, right? They get kind of get stuck in this fussiness. And with this switch, switch of air, switch of smells and sounds, all of their sensory systems shift just by simply going outside. And this positive distraction changes their mood, right? It's like they're more aware, like, oh, there's birds, or even if there's automobiles going by, or the coolness on their cheek, or the sun beginning to set, right? Even if you go on a porch or a patio backyard, even at nighttime, just the coolness can help bring their level of awareness and distract them enough to take your lead and breathe into it, right? And I I think I spoke on this about taking it outside. I think that was the name of the episode. Actually, it was episode 51. So if you want to go back and look at that, our modern life has brought us inside so much that we forget oh gosh, I haven't gone outside in 48 hours, or my baby hasn't gone outside. And we think, 
you know, it's a baby, it doesn't matter. It does. And in the last episode, when I talked about fussiness and helping build that self-regulation, that self-soothing, it's about that circadian rhythm. So that's really key. And if, especially the morning light and then the evening sunset, if you can let the baby, your baby, even if it's like two minutes, see how the sun is changing, the light rays are changing and we're shifting to a new phase of the day. You can take a quick little walk up and down your your driveway, pick some weeds. I always say that. Sit on the grass, get the mail. Just a couple of minutes, two to five minutes. You both will benefit, I assure you. So whatever tools you start to try out, right, it's going to help both of you. And maybe if you have a list, you can just print it up and put it on your your refrigerator and you can really take a look at what are these strategies that are at my disposal that I can try to help co-regulate with my little one, right? So number five of these five steps is a big one. It actually refers to five S's and this five S's was coined by a Dr. Harvey Karp, and you can look him up, K-A-R-P. But he is an older gentleman now, but a very famous pediatrician who really took all of this data that we have, this research and professional experience, and put them together for these five S's, just a, a simple way for you, mom, dad, grandparents, to, to keep in your mind, right? How to soothe your baby. And the first one, the first S would be swaddle. And like I've said before, that's a personal choice. Some babies like it, some babies don't. I always say give it a try, especially when they're very young, under three months, especially if your baby's really, really fussy, maybe they just need that. Number two of the S would be the shh, shh, even though it starts with an SH, but that whole shh, 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 white noise There's a lot of good articles on how the frequency of that, no matter what your voice is, the rhythm, again, it co-regulates, you put it in maybe with the motion, right? Shh, 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 shh. It really helps, I think, most babies, but there's something very, very consistently helpful with that one. The third S would be the side or a stomach position. And you're like, hmm, I can't put my baby on my stomach, right? Or even on a side when they're just a couple of months old. Because the interesting thing and why Dr. Karp strongly suggests this is that research shows that babies who sleep on their tummies sleep longer and don't react to the noise in the environment. The problem is, as we all know now, because I keep talking about this, is that putting your baby to sleep on their stomach or their side is pretty dangerous because of the whole sudden infant death syndrome research. We know that, that there's a strong correlation or it puts them in a different risk group. But what Dr. Karp strongly recommends is holding your baby in that supine position because that will then activate the calming mechanism of that pressure on their 
on their chest, the pressure on their abdomen, and that soothes their internal system as well as yours. You're holding the baby, they start to calm down, you start to calm down. So the whole idea is to hold your baby on their tummy. So it could be that skin to skin. Again, you're sitting up a little bit. It could be on the forearm with their head is nestled in your hand. This is a good time to give it to your partner and you take a break, but lay them over your shoulder. I know a lot of dads would do that because their shoulders tend to be a little bit bigger and a little bit more robust and we need a break, right? Lay them, like I said, on your lap. You stay awake but let them have that tummy time. And, and then the key, and this is a subtle nuance thing, is that you let your fussy baby begin to calm down and then enter a drowsy state. And then hopefully you can then place them back in their crib or their bassinet in that drowsy state. If you let them completely fall asleep, then transitioning might be tricky but I think we all do it. And as they get a little bit older and a little bit more mature in their internal neurological wiring, and that's what's happening in those first three or four months, then that smoothness of putting them back in their bassinet or in their crib won't be so jarring for them. And so again, it's trial and error. You're learning on the job, right? But number four of these S's would be to swing. And earlier I talked about motion in general, but go back and listen to your mother instinct, see what feels good to you and see what they jive with, right? Um, but swinging motion, I know there's a lot of contraptions out there, you know, baby bouncers and vibrating equipment and, and all of this. It's a little window, right? It's three months, six months. And then if we've played our cards right, and if we're strategic about this, then that, that six month mark really should be helping them use their inner skills to self-soothe, right? And then number five of these five S's from Dr. Carp is to suck. And that's where the pacifier comes in, right? So we finally get to that, but we can use all of these other techniques before we get to the pacifier. Or you can use these things in combination, but don't look at the pacifier, or I encourage you not to look at the pacifier as this quick fix, the easy peasy, I'll just put something in his mouth, right? Look at the environment, look at the timing, how long has he or she been awake? Keep in mind, it's our responsibility to co-regulate with them. And that's the way that they build their internal clock over time, over six months, right? And that's, that's key here because we don't want a three-year-old to have sleep issues. We don't want a four-year-old to have meltdowns every time he's a little bit extra tired. We want to build this for, for long term. It's not an immediate gratification kind of thing. Sometimes it is. And, and I get that, but it's really important that if we go into this with a strategic plan, with tools 
at our disposal that we can try, then it's only going to build a, a more stable emotional regulation system as they move into preschool age and kindergarten age and school age. There's a direct correlation to this. I've taken probably thousands of histories before when we have a three-year-old who has complete meltdown and the speech and language is delayed and they have difficulty interfacing with their peers in the classroom because sleep has been so poor and perhaps they're bad eaters or picky eaters and it's just this bad cluster of errors. And so I'm always looking at what were those, especially that first year of life, how well were you able to get in sync with one another, and then build, finish building his neurological system on the outside of the womb, right in this very, very busy, noisy, (laughs) rambunctious world that we live in. So as you can tell, there's a lot of detail to cover on this topic, fussy babies and pacifiers. And I think you're all pretty much aware that mothering newborns, infants, toddlers, it's very nuanced. And one of my biggest clinical impressions over the years has been that our modern culture, our modern lifestyle style has lost some of the finesse to understand those nuances. And I think it's mainly because we're driven for this immediate gratification, or perhaps we're rushing toward the next big thing. And I know many of us feel like we're pulled in so many different directions that we lose our sense of focus, that we get distracted. That's what this modern world is all about, right? And because of that, one of my primary focal points has always been to try to encourage all of us, but especially moms of newborns, to slow down, to be present, and to spend more time in the moment. So I will wrap this series up with a bonus episode to be released on Friday the 27th. And I will also have there the link to the guide that I promised called Learn to Self-Soothe for You and Your Baby. And it will have all of this information that I've covered in the last several episodes. And so if you haven't already, please subscribe. So then you'll be the first to know when that bonus episode is released. Thanks again for spending time with me. I'm so, so grateful and excited to be on this journey with you and to be part of your inner circle. I know it's not easy, but if we sometimes just take that big breath, slow it down, it's not as complicated as the world would like to make it sound. So God bless. Have a great week. Don't forget to sign up and you'll get that bonus right away on Friday. Take care. See you next time. Bye.